this is Corey Kohlmeyer with Confessions of a Marketer brought to you by Advantage Marketing. And I'm very excited because today we are going to be talking to Dr. Amato, who's a licensed psychologist and owner of Behavioral and Educational Solutions. So thank you for being here today, Dr. Amato. Thank you so much, Corey. Glad to be here. Good deal. Well, you know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So I think this is really good timing for us to talk. Um, you know, I kind of want to know a little bit more about your work at Behavioral and Educational Solutions. Like, who do you serve and what services do you provide? Sure, sure. So um, it's, a, it's a little bit of a, a long story, but I'll try and give you the, the most succinct version as possible. So I'm a, I'm a licensed psychologist by training. And in 2008, started the company uh, providing services with the mission of providing services to individuals that historically hadn't been able to access um, mental health services. And being a child psychologist, the the natural um, venue or place for that was in the schools because, you know, all children go to school. So we started providing services in the schools and then we grew and we opened up a clinic and then started serving um, children in uh, juvenile detention centers. Again, always with the mission of going, being able to, to take the services to them. And then eventually we opened up a clinic in, in downtown Silver Spring where um, clients are coming to us and we, and we provide um, services that, that are paid through insurance. And then in 2016 or so, we became a minority owned um, bit, small business through the um, Small Business Administration, which is called an 8A certification. And that allowed us to um, start working with the federal government. And what we did was we took our expertise of working with children in different systems, whether it was through um, child welfare services, uh, children that were foster care, detained in the schools and so forth, um, and started providing those services to children and families that were working um, in, in, the, in the government through the military primarily. Um, and that's really where our growth has been um, state-wise or location-wise is that we've um, been able to acquire those contracts. And right now we're in about 10 different states providing uh, mental health services to uh, families that um, are, need, are in need due to um, issues of uh, p- potential de- uh, risk of potential um, domestic violence issues or child neglect. Um, as well as just doing services to to families before mental health problems arise, more of a preventive resiliency building um, service. Wow, that's all excellent work. And I'm sure this year has probably been more of a challenge or this past 2020 and 2021. I mean, how has COVID kind of affected your work and, and what you guys have done this past year? Yeah, so you know we have to be very flexible and nimble. Um, we were able to take advantage of the technology that's been given to us, you know, through like you know the technology we're using right now in Zoom. But um, it wasn't the panacea, and 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 that is because we we provide services to children, so that's all children. So a big part of our client base are children with severe disabilities. Um, a, a perfect example is children with autism. Mm-hmm. And these are children that 
you know, in, um, a lot of times they start with us at age two. Um, and uh, so they don't have communication skills. They need constant supervision. They sometimes have uh, some severe impulsivity issues, attention issues, and, and, and maybe some cognitive issues. So working with a child one-on-one -on -one where you could go ahead and present reinforcers and consequences and, and try to model for them uh, the different, the different um, behaviors that you want them to attain is easy. But when you got to do it now on a screen, it's a whole different, um, uh, it's a whole different animal. So we were, ha we, we were able to, to, to adjust, um, but it, it impacted us significantly because you know, we have children that sometimes we're providing services for 10, 15, 20 hours a week. And there's just no way you could do that online. So we had to seriously re reduce it and then, um, and then find other, uh, other ways of being able to help these families in this particular um, demographic of children. The other children that, that were um, receiving services such as counseling for depression, anxiety, and so forth, and, you know, our adolescents, um, it was an easy, it was an easy shift. Mm -hmm. um, and now, and we opened up our clinic back into in, probably in October of 20, 2020. And what we're seeing is just a, a lot of anxiety um, mm -hmm. in our kids and our families. Um, and, and, the, and it gets compounded when, you know, there, there is a, a fear of, of social interaction. Mm -hmm. which was already heightened by by the the reason for which they were coming to us. Well, and I'm curious because you said you started in 2008 with, you know, kind of going out on your own. So that's 13 years now. I mean, how have things changed with the kids? I mean, has it, I mean, because, you know, right now we're doing, we're in mental health awareness month with May. And I don't really remember in years past, you know, there being an awareness month. And I think it's great that that's happening now. So what's, what's been that change? Do you think? Um, I think the, the change is really more the, the awareness and acceptance of, of the, of the greater culture on, mm -hmm. on the fact that we all can experience mental health problems. Mm -hmm. um, you add that to the to the fact that we just finished going through a global pandemic where we all had to be isolated. We 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 felt um, you know financial, familial um, stressors, social stressors, and and I think everybody really felt it now at a much mm -hmm. greater scale. So. It, it, it's it's in it's in everybody's um, you know cognitive uh, forefront, um, but I, I don't think that that anything's changed as far as the 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 number of clients, the need, or even the um, uh, the access to it. Um, I, well, that's not true. Access obviously has changed because now we can access it using technology, which wasn't as um, easy to do before COVID, you know, but prior to COVID, um, a lot of insurance companies didn't want to, um, authorize that. Mm -hmm. And now with this, with this, um, uh, you know, immediate need there, they were forced to, 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 um, to authorize it. And I just can't, I can't imagine that they're going to be able to close the door and, and go back. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting, I think, moving forward, um, not necessarily past this, but um, moving into the future on, on how it's still going to be, how the, the technology is still going to be involved in being able to not close the door. I mean, I think they're going to have to have a bit of a hybrid kind of solution, if you will. Tell me, um, you know, you, you're you this clinical provider. Um, you're also this entrepreneur, you know, on Confessions of a Marketer, we talk about different ways that people can market their business and in a traditional digital, I mean, how have you kind of gotten the word out about your business and, and how do you, how do you con- connect with people in that way and tell your story? Yeah. So, you know, that, that's been a, a an evolution um, or development. Um, uh, you know, first when you, when you're starting out and, you know, the, and, and I still believe it is, it is the biggest um, uh, and best marketer is word of mouth. Mm-hmm you know, that, that is really how we started, you know, one person referring to another person, you know, another client, but where are we now is that we're doing the same thing, but now we've got to use different um, venues. We need to have at a greater scale, you know, you know, you know, having reviews is important. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Making sure that you identify your, the right client for you because that right client is the one that you want to reproduce and who's likely to, you know, what, what, what a better, what better way of gaining new clients. And I really, and we always um, refer to our, you know, what, what other people might call patients as clients, because I really do think that, that they're clients, they're, they're, they're making a choice to come to us to, to, to have us give them services, but what better, way of growing your client pool than by a current client going ahead and and making that that uh, referral or that suggestion so we're we're still our our marketing strategy is still the same is identifying that that best client and and then trying to make them want to refer more clients to us. So um, I think the there was a there was a saying that is um you know no at the end you know, you want them to you know, you want them to start them by knowing us and then eventually trusting us and then that's when they when they go ahead and, and start referring to us. Yeah, I mean, I think that's interesting that you say that. We've talked about in in past uh, podcasts about digital marketing and. Uh, basically finding out who your key audience, your target audience is, and then duplicating that audience because that's the type of person that you want to do business with. That's the type of client that you you have. Have you have you guys kind of looked at um, you know your database of people and kind of been able to find behaviors or or things that are in common that you you want to target and that you want to go after? Well, yeah. So you know we you know we're, we're pedi- you know we're pediatric. Um, uh, mental health organizations. So uh, who are we targeting? We're targeting parents. Mm-hmm. Um, we're tar- targeting um, uh, adults that are likely to have children between the age of two to 23, 24. So yeah, there's a demographic there. We're, we're looking at, you know, 30 to 55 is what we try to do. Um, we, we target them um, when we're, you know, so we have different um, uh, revenue streams. 
when it comes to targeting the people in our clinic, right? We're targeting um, within, you know, that the demographic I just mentioned, um, parents, men, women within a certain, within the 30 to 55, within a radius from our office. Um, then when we're looking at the other clients, for instance, our, um, our agencies that we work with, that I haven't found to be as conducive or to, to like social media type of marketing because that's really more about going in, doing a presentation, responding to a, to a contract. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we still need to there, what we're trying to do more than anything is to engage the audience and, and, and presenting ourselves as subject, subject matter experts, because that's what that client wants. Mm-hmm. The, the families want to know that we're experts also, but they're, we're the, the interaction or the, um, the business transaction is very different. One of them so, is a, one of them is a, is a parent trying to come to us for a certain um, service that they're acquiring, and they're the ones that are um, exchanging revenue or, mm-hmm. or, or income um, with us. The other one is an agency that is trying to serve a group of of clients that potentially or families that don't have access to the services and therefore they're, they're the ones that are, um, that are paying for it. Mm-hmm. And, and so as an entrepreneur and also as a psychologist and then like, you know, the CEO of the company, how do you balance all of that with the marketing? I mean, do you have a team that helps you? Do you just kind of head it all yourself? What, what does that kind what's that dynamic look like? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I've had to to significantly reduce my clinical um, footprint. Mm-hmm. Um, I I see very little clients now because the the running of the organization is so demanding, demanding, and I enjoy it because now I can reach a lot more people. Mm-hmm. I can help a lot more families. Um, but it, but I can't do that and and be a clinician at the same time. It's not fair to my organization, my employees, or my clients. Mm-hmm. So uh, my marketing team consists of myself. Um, I'm, I'm you know I'm involved with marketing, HR, operations, and all business. the many hats of a small <laughs> business owner, right? <laughs> and, and, and and you know and you know business development and. Um, you know, so my, I have a I have an assistant that helps me with marketing. A lot of the posting on the on the website media, um, we contract out the the things like Google Ads and and um, and the updating of the website. We do all our postings and so forth. We um, my clinical team um, is involved somewhat in that we create blogs and and um, information that that the consumer wants. So I've tried to include as many of my 
employees as possible because what better marketing than someone, you know, because for us, marketing isn't only just about bringing in new uh, revenue streams, but clinicians and employees that can serve them. So our marketing really takes a two prong, uh, you know, approach is that we're trying, we're marketing to find the right client, but we're also marketing to find the right employee. Mm -hmm. So finding that person that will match the culture and can, can be with you and stay a long time. I mean, I don't think people realize how hard it is to find your people. You know, that's, that's how I kind of look at it as I like working with my people that, you know, get me and understand what the, the goal is. How do you kind of get those people, the ones that you're hiring and whatnot, like, how do you get them to believe in culture and, and what you're trying to it's, provide? It's there? funny. Like, it's funny. Just like, well, and just like from you calling, instead of saying a patient, just to a client, like, I love that. I think that's, that's a great way to, to approach it. So, um, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, you know, now 13 years in, you know, we, um, and, and coming out of COVID has given us, I think as it has to, to a lot of people, that opportunity to kind of self-reflect. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've self-reflected as an organization and said, okay, well, you know, we started 13 years ago. This was our mission. These were our core values. Are they still the same? Mm-hmm. So we're kind of, we're, we're actually going through that process right now. Um, and it was, it, and, and it was because I've hired some really good, you know, this was an idea for my, my operations director. And, you know, we, we started meeting to go ahead and, and say, okay, well, we're, we just revamped our website. Um, now we're going to start this marketing campaign and we're going to hire a PR firm to really get us out there. And in conversation, we were like, well, let's hold on a minute because are we, are we fine providing the message that we've been doing traditionally? And, and are we at a point now that we got to fine tune it, especially since we are now, you know, we've identified who is that client that we really want to um, replicate and bring into the clinic. So, um, yeah, so, so, you know, how do we, we're, so one of the things we're doing is that we are, I guess for lack of a better term, rebranding. And a lot of that is our messaging. So our, um, uh, our motto has always been um, uh, nurturing development, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, you, you might, you could, if you go to our website, you'll see, um, I know that this is all audio, but our, 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 our logo mm-hmm. is a hand with a seedling coming out of it and then a, a circle around it to, you know, kind of say growth and, and nurturing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we've, what we've realized, and we've always kind of did it, but now we're being a lot more purposeful, is that that nurturing development isn't just about nurturing the development of our families and our, and our, and our, um, and our children, but it's about our staff also. Mm-hmm. And, and that is, so now our messaging is all about, and, they, you know, and that's probably something that was always there in a, um, implicit way, mm-hmm. but now we're, 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 we're really making it purposeful and explicit so that people understand, wait, our model isn't just about nurturing our clients growth, but it's about nurturing our 
employees growth because if we do that if you if you nurture your employees growth then you're and and really have them buy into your culture and your core values mm-hmm. then they're going to really cherish and provide great services to your clients mm-hmm. yeah the opposite perfect. the opposite isn't isn't the same mm-hmm. you could you could really nurture your your the growth of your clients and so forth but if you're not doing that to your to your employees you might not you might not get that great service yeah and i love that i mean that's that's definitely the the mentality that i employ um, at the agency that's kind of how we approach things you know i want the team to feel involved and to know what's happening and uh, to share that same value system so that way it translates to our clients so i think that's just that's amazing um you know marketing infiltrates every part of a business in my my opinion. And I feel like you saying that to kind of just, I mean, it validates it even more to, to take the marketing, not only to your clients, but then to your staff as well. I mean, I think that's, that's huge. Um, did you think you were going to be doing this much marketing when you started off with your, your business originally? Did you think that was going to be one of the, the hats that you wore? Um, I think I, I think I knew that it was necessary I didn't realize how that to do it right, how purposeful it has to be. Mm-hmm. And that it's not just about, you know, putting up a website and, you know, posting some, some, um, uh, some things on Facebook and, and so forth. Granted, you know, when I started, Facebook was just starting. I didn't realize how, how much that was going to play into it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, I fully believe that I was not as aware of how important and intricate and strategic it has to be for it to work. Well, I was going to ask you, how how strategic are you guys? Is your team, are you planning weeks in advance, months in advance, laying out the calendar? Because that's something that we preach, you know, all the time about, you know, having that strategy and, and having a plan. And, you know, COVID blew up all the plans last year. Yeah. But um, we pivoted and we made changes, which I'm sure you did, too. So, I mean, how does how do you guys go? How do you approach a, a strategy and how do you look at that? Yeah, so um, it. I, I would I would say that prior to COVID, we were a lot more tactical and now we're being a lot more strategic. And what I mean by that is like you know, the, the self-reflecting that we've done, that we've con- gone back, looked at our core values, look at our mission, look at our ideal client, look at our ideal um, clinician staff, and then making sure that the marketing, which is really the message that goes out to to your audience is reflecting mm-hmm. these self-reflective exercises that we're doing. So to answer your question, are we, are we going that far in advance? Um, uh, I don't think so right now. What we're doing more than anything is, is really building a strong foundation mm-hmm. and, and being very strategic using this, this lull that, COVID gave us mm-hmm. to, to be, you know, I, I, I hate to continue to say the same words, purposeful, strategic, but that's, that's what it is. And it has to be so on everything, you know, you know, we're talking here just about marketing, but it, but it's about, you know, how we handle HR, it's how we handle 
our finances. It's how we handle our operations. You know, I, I really look at running a business under those four pillars. You got, fi- you know, your financials, mm-hmm. relationship, you know, your books and your relationship with your bankers, mm-hmm. um, your HR and your relationship with your employees, you know, operations and how you're um, producing the policies and procedures necessary so things can be um, streamlined and efficient. And, and finally, that the marketing, that business development of what you do to, to be able to sustain, grow the and, business. Well, and to be able to announce who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sharing that story. Well, and I know that you're an alum of the uh, Enterize or the Emerging Leaders Program, and I'm sure some of that maybe came from that program. <laughs> it did. It did. I am. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, the message I give a lot of um, colleagues in the field is that we, you know, when you get trained as a, as a psychologist, behavioral health expert, you, you really learn about behavior and the, the reasons for it, the ideology. So, but it, they, they really teach you how to learn. And I think one of the, the great things about that is that there's very little that, that I can't um, get and, and, tr- and learn and, and, and meet my, my goal of how to use it. The downside is that sometimes we we think we could do everything, mm-hmm. and and even if you can, it takes time, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you don't always have time to to be able to grow a business and and see a client and do the marketing and and and, and hire and answer the phones and and submit your claims. So um, that's that's one of the things that that um, the the enterprise the the emerging leaders program. Um, taught me and, and I and I have to be um, uh, fully transparent prior to doing the, the emerging leaders program I did the Goldman Sachs 10,000 small business program mm-hmm. and uh, and they were both very much the same you know what do you need to do to go from working in your company to managing it or on it as they say mm-hmm. um, and a big piece of it is to be able to reflect and say you know what I can't do this I need help and I think that's just like anything is a really hard thing for people to to grasp onto. It's something I'm constantly preaching at the agency. I went through the program as well. And, um, you know, what are the things that I do the best and what can someone else help me with? And that's, was, that can be kind of a hard question. I was looking, I was looking now because one of the things that I just, you know, got and started reading again, now reading it for the second time is that I, for us, they gave us a book that was called um, Duct Tape Marketing. Uh-huh. Yep. That's a good book. Yes. So, you know, I'm reading it again now that we're going back and, and self-reflecting. Okay, well, let me let me be strategic about this. And you know, that that um that uh you know the, the way that the concept that they say, you know, marketing is is like a spoke with wheels, you know, wheels with spokes and instead of a linear situation. So you gotta, you know, you gotta have that that core value mission and then your marketing in different areas comes out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's, it's tough, I think for a lot of small business owners to realize that 
they have to be in a lot of different places. And it's hard because you want to put your best foot forward as much as you can. So what we tell people is like, let's grow into it. Let's make our, you know, have our top priorities, maybe on a social media level or with digital marketing and kind of go from there. And um, it can be overwhelming. You know, there's there's a lot of options that, that come along uh, with the marketing. So, I mean, what, what would you, um, like an advice you would give to other marketers or anyone that's in the mental health industry um, about building that message? I mean, what, what would you tell them? The, the message of the, that you want to give to your, to your potential audience or, or the met or message as to how to approach marketing. I would say how to approach marketing. Yeah. So I think the, the biggest, the biggest obstacle for me initially was um, uh, the cost. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're starting out, you have limited resources and you're trying to um, you're trying to to decide where should you allot those resources and what buckets. And I equate to something that I read. I don't remember who it was uh, now, but it was it was to the effect of the the business owner that tries to save on marketing is like the person that's trying to save time by stopping the clock. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just can't do it. You got, you have to set up a budget. It should be, it should be purposeful. It should be based on, on, um, on data. And it's not easy. You know, a click doesn't always mean someone, you know, a dollar sign, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're making some, you're making some comparative, uh, decisions they're not they're not cause and effect um, but you have to have data to 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 um to substantiate mm-hmm. the budget you're going to use yeah and the key performance indicators definitely like what are those and how am I looking at that and what's in my dashboard we've talked about that on exactly. the podcast before exactly so. so um so what I would say is you know you know what's my my um my message is you know, marketing is not rocket science, but you should not underestimate how important it is to be strategic about it. And and you and just like with any other thing in life, um, with, with which requires finances, you can't make you, the easiest way to make money is if you already got money. Mm-hmm. So the easiest way, so you have to invest in it mm-hmm. for it to work and. Once it starts working, if you want it to work better, you got to invest more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's long term. We always talk about that, you know, with our clients that it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Um, you know, you need to have goals and you need to check those key performance indicators. Um, you know, just taking the measurement of, you know, how is my marketing working and, and which parts are working well and which parts need to be changed. So that's something I, I think a question that people always have to ask and always have to be looking at for sure. So... And when, and when working with a, with a, um, you know, cause a lot of times, um, you have to, you know, contract these, these, um, services out is to not be afraid to, to ask the firm consultant to, mm-hmm. to provide data that what they're doing is mm-hmm. effective mm-hmm. and, you know, don't be afraid to ask and, you know, and, and if you're not getting the the results that you're expecting, then you know there's a lot of marketing firms out there. <laughs> Don't I know? <laughs> <laughs> 
Some of us uh, do things, I think, a little better than others, that's for sure. And, and that's really you that's, know, part of this podcast, you know, just trying to educate people on what to look for and, and how to know that, you know, quote unquote, the marketing is working. Yep. So, well, how can people reach out to you and your organization if they want more information? Like what channels do you guys have in place to work with those contacts? Sure, sure. So we're, we're pretty active in um, Facebook. Twitter, LinkedIn, but um, uh, our our um, website is www.b as in Bravo, b as in Echo, s as, as in Sam, d as in Delta, c as in Charlie.com, and there you could um, access all of the services that we provide, the, the different clinicians, and um, communicate with us immediately. Yeah, it's a nice looking site. There's a good contact you form there, right there on the front. So anyone can get a hold of you. And we'll make sure to put um, your contact information in the notes for the podcast as well. But I really appreciate your time. I appreciate you kind of dissecting um, what marketing has done in your business. And and I think what you're doing is wonderful. I mean, helping kids through um, these mental anxieties that they have to deal with. I mean, I think that's going to be tremendous um, and and helping them become tremendous adults. So it's definitely a conversation that needs to keep, keep happening and occurring, but we appreciate your time today and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll stay in touch and talk some more sometime. Sound good. Sure. And quick question. um, Yes. Where, where are you guys based out of? We're based out of Wichita, Kansas. Okay. So uh, we are in the heartland, right in the middle of it all. So uh, it's, it's been fun here. You know, our agency, uh, you know, we were working, I started the, the agency in 2008, and we were working in an office. And when COVID hit, you know, for everyone's safety, we were kind of rotating in and out, and then our lease came up. And so we are all working remote from home now. I've got a staff of 16, and I've got a rockin' business partner, and we're meeting once a month to kind of all touch base. And, you know, we, we're just checking in on everyone. It's It's been a rough year, um, but, sure you know, roll with the punches, you know, you, you learn from it, you grow and you, you keep going. So. Makes it stronger. So you, if you started in 2008, this is your, your second. Well, I started in 2008 with an agency, but I started this agency in 2013, I should say. Okay. So I was going to say, I started in 2008 and mm-hmm. it was August 2008, right before, right before the big financial crash. So this is See, my, that's when, yeah, that's when my, my I started. <laughs> <laughs> this is my second um, global financial um, uh, meltdown. And, you know, <sighs> if there's anything I can say is that we're resilient. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, you know, I started my sales career in 2004 when we were still kind of reeling from 9-11. So that's when I started in sales and I built up a, a good list, left to go into the agency world because I wanted to be able to do more for my clients built up a list again and then went out on my own in, in 13 and we've been you know rolling and growing and and uh, I've kept I've managed to retain pretty much the same team throughout which has been wonderful we have a great great team um, and just adding some more good people so that's really kind of exciting but yeah we are resilient 